Well, the San Jose Sharks are at home and I guess are having some pre-holiday hangover. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, we'll talk about this game and uh, maybe a little bit more on the horizon for the Sharks after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the chomp versation, <laughs> chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app across all the social media platforms. But most more specifically on the YouTube chat, on X, on Instagram, on Facebook, on threads, Reddit, Discord, and of course, all the shenanigans down at TikTok. <laughs> Check out all of that and more at tealtownusa.com and if you want to help support the pod check us out over at venmo at tealtownusa it really helps out the pod and like i said before we're just all chipping in that little bit for uh puck guys new internet (laughs) maybe we can get get some starlink up for him (laughs) but anyhow uh, i'm really pleased to be joined by miss dana may dana how are you doing this evening I'm all right. Had my last final exam this morning. Um, I thought it would be multiple choice and it was not. Um, but I answered every question. Hey, so, you know what? That's the most important thing, <laughs> we'll right? We'll see. <laughs> I think the most important thing is to definitely answer all the questions on. Yeah. Pro tips for all the other students out there. <laughs> yeah, on the test. Just, you know, take it from take it from us here, kids. Go to school. Stay in school. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into this game. I mean, oh, it was kind of... What game? Yeah, right. It was kind of boring, <laughs> especially from the shark side. But I guess we'll talk about this uh, monstrosity. <clears throat> so in that first period, Anze Kopitar would get his 13th of the season. He would get that on the power play. Kaliev and Fiala would get the assist that would come at 1748 in the first period. So that just kind of goes to show you how lackluster that first period was. Shots on goal was 12 in favor of the Kings, the Sharks 5. And again, I mean, I'm going to be continuing to beat this dead cat over and over and over and over and over again. The Sharks offense uh, is missing a lot of pieces. The Sharks offense is um, non-existent. The defense is missing even more. That was never there in the first place for the most part. Yes. Yes. But you know what? This is what we thought they were kind of going to be. This is what we came for. Exactly. And, you know, they have their moments where, you know, they have some some signs of life and have a, a few games where all the players kind of pull on the same rope. But this is one of those games that uh, you really just look at and go, the better team won and the better team mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is completely stacked and we'll kind of go through it some more. But, you know, after that first period, you know, the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, okay. Like, I feel like after the first I I never expected the Sharks to win, like before puck drop, like so. 
I didn't think they played horribly in the first period. I think they they let LA like mess with them emotionally. I saw a lot of like very like, oh, you know, like like hurdle on the bench, you know, whacking a stick and uh, Ferraro getting revved up like what five minutes into the game. Like LA's good at just, you know, getting in their heads, Vlasic having this like, oh, like it was just, it, I'm like, are you babies? Just, yeah, I mean, you know, it just, they, they're, they're perennial shit disturbers and that's kind of what they I, do. I know, I know, I know. I, and, but and, it's, it's not fun to see. No, no. I mean, but, but here's the <laughs> thing. The Sharks really need to not only play in a different class, but they also need to hold themselves accountable in a different class. And and I just mm-hmm. don't think that they don't have that yet. I don't think they have the ability to have the players to do that. I don't I also don't think that there's enough of a cohesive culture in and around um, you know, the team itself, uh, kind of identity wise. And I think you can definitely see some of the players wondering where they're going to be kind of long term. I think we see mm-hmm. some of the the players kind of playing a little bit more tentatively. And I mean, yeah, a guy like Mario Ferraro, he, you know, put on some shots on goal tonight, but this is the guy that we talked about being kind of floating around in the rumor mills. Um, you know, there's mm-hmm. some more talk about some other players yeah i don't know if i even buy the ferrara rumors like i don't know like that i i feel like this has not been his best season he has had far better seasons um and maybe the sharks weren't willing to trade him at that point but now they are just kind of makes me sad because we as a fan base were very excited for this player um and I, i heard a lot of people say you know captain material like um it's just he's been down bad but yeah as you said he got some shots on goal like um you know he's always blocking shots that never changes um so yeah but it's just again it's just very difficult to to kind of gauge where the team is at when you feel like some of them um you know some of them aren't gonna be kind of for the long term but yeah, like Anyhow. they're kind of mentally somewhere else already. <laughs> Maybe yeah. they have a little vision board with like a map of North America. and. Yeah, I mean, Faulty Synapse puts it really good. I mean, the <laughs> oh, disjointed wait, is chat. an overall theme. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's just disjointed and not a lot of cohesion, you know, between the lines. You can tell that the, that the team is missing some centers. They talked about Logan again today, but mm. I mean, Logan's going to be a shell of himself and he's yeah. talking about and why he... rush him. Like, and, you know, you know, they were talking about him even just being able to play again. And I'm starting to think like, wow, I just, I what can't... the hell happened? Yeah. Like, what, where is, I just, it just seems like no one has been able to pinpoint like, so okay, here's the thing. I'm about to go on a whole side thing, but yeah, um, take take it away, so, sister. Sure. For me personally, I take no issue whatsoever with teams not disclosing details of injuries. 
I don't sports bet. I respect people who do. It's just not something I do. I feel like if you're going to do any kind of betting, there is always going to be information you're not privy to. Um, you know, you might bet on a player to score a goal and maybe that player woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You're not going to know that. Um, and I, I, I know that, you know, in, in recent decades, there's been less of other teams targeting uh, areas where a certain player has been injured, but it still happens. It does. It happened with Carlson. Everyone knew that he couldn't turn around on his right side and they exploited that. So like, for me, I really don't care if the team doesn't want to tell us about the injury but I'm still gonna sit here as a fan and be like you know what's going on like I kind of want to I don't know it like it is what it is if they were you know gearing up for the playoffs I would be a lot more concerned but um you know really I I think as you said I just want to know maybe it's still a decision being made you know if if he's playing but like that's weird because you know last season he wasn't as you said he wasn't up to you know his his former uh self you know maybe like five years ago but um but he was still a serviceable player definitely he's he's one of those he's one of those mike richards types where he played really really hard and really you mm-hmm. know in front of the net and you know he's always getting fucked up i mean whether it was mm-hmm. his teeth or whether it was his legs oh, god, the what, teeth. oh my god i know Oof. but i mean the kid had well he's not a kid anymore he's a man but you know he had ever since he was he was young and and he was a young shark he's just always fearless you know and i think he almost played with a reckless abandon that you wonder if he maybe would have just had a little bit of the preserve your own skin gene that patrick marlowe had you know patty mm-hmm. i think that that was the biggest gripe on a lot of people for patty was that you could sometimes tell he would like let up on a check or he would let up physically but i don't think that people realize that this was he was playing 3d chess you know that was a longevity type of move for him where couture has never played that way he's always given his heart out to to mm-hmm. to whenever he's playing and and i think to a certain extent patty did that in the playoffs but again, not like Logan did. And and I think him and, and Pavelski had that same thing where they would just walk through glass. And, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somehow just, Pavelski continues to do that year after year. I, I just I, I just I don't know, man. I, and when his career is all said and done, you know, and I hope hopefully he'll go into the Hockey Hall of Fame and especially as an American and. You know, I just I hope that he has a good life after hockey and, um, you know, that that the health implications of just how hard he played doesn't like come catch up to him because he faced some really, really um, scary injuries. So, yeah. But anyhow, let's get back to the game. Uh, Trevor Moore would get his 15th on the season in the second period, and he'd get that pretty quickly in about 4.07. Uh, Fiala and Deno would get the assist there. I mean, Kevin Fiala just having a game. Um, 
Lafayre would end up. Not Lafreniere. Yeah. I thought in my mind Lafreniere. No, definitely not Lafreniere. I I didn't try to make not that mistake. Lafreniere would get his fourth of the season. Spence and Kopitar would get the assist there. That coming in a minute and 10 seconds later. I mean, that after those, the, the Sharks just really kind of gave up. And, I mean, it kind of yeah. b- bears out in the stats. I mean, in that second period, shots were 11-4 to four in favor of the Kings. It wasn't very close at all. I mean, the Kings just had territorial possession. And I think, you know, at that point, they kind of had were checked out. And like you said, some of that mental fragility, I think, was kind of coming mm-hmm. into play. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into a, another, you know, whole thing speculating on Vlasic because, like, I, I feel for the guy, you know, he's given almost 20 years to this team. And as a fan base, like, we have soured on him quite a bit. Unfortunately, the stats, you know, it's like... um he he wouldn't be in an, in the lineup on on another team like it's just that's just kind of how it is um but no, you he know, might whatever, be a seven. whatever's going on with him like it just just doesn't seem mentally there like again like i feel for the guy he's a lifetime shark but i mean he's like a seventh defenseman not, right now on a good like, team i i don't know it just kind of it, it again this sounds horrible but like just like makes me sad when I see him out there and you know, not it's just the hockey's not hockeying. <laughs> it just he just looks lost, you know? It's yeah. it, it's honestly he just looks disinterested. Um I think he has not really adapted well to this generation's um top skaters. I think you know, Vlasic has always been an efficient skater, but I don't think he's necessarily been a, a fast, explosive type mm-hmm. skater. And I think, especially in this generation of young, fast, um, uh, really run-and-gun type play, Vlasic has really found himself kind of being a, a an edged-out dinosaur. I mean, you, you, you kind of think about the... the era in which Vlasic played I mean he was playing think of it at the end of Chris Pronger era Mm -hmm. you know and 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 seeing you know Niedermeyer seeing um of course um oh my goodness Nicholas Lidstrom and and seeing that player there I mean this is a player that has you know seen Shea Weber's career you know the 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 up and and down of Shea Weber's career. I mean, will will eventually be looked at as as the Ryan Suter West Coast. You know, a guy who has just had an incredibly long career. Um, and you know, like like you said, you just you just feel for the guy, and and it's just a lot, a lot of um, of miles on that body for for mark edward vlasic and again you know i think that there's some there's some stuff going on 
whether it's it's personal or whether it's injury or long-term injury or what have you but you know i you as as a human you hope for for the best for him there first and then you know i want to see him uh, you know try to to recapture some of something of his career um but right now he's just an ineffective player and the game just looks like it has just passed him by yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anyhow, going into that third period, uh, the Sharks would show, you know, more of the same, I guess is the most diplomatic way of saying it but the the ice was even tilted harder um the shot total would be 16 to 6 uh in favor of the kings but trevor lewis would get a short-handed goal uh on an empty net um basically when the sharks had the goaltender pulled on a power play with three minutes left in the game uh jacob mcdonald would get a power play goal on that same power play however and get the score four to one and you know little you know little late and not enough effort and you know kind of close the book on that one four to one and of course um the sharks just continue to have issues playing at home continue to have issues playing on the road um continue to have issues with generating offense and you know we me and you dana have done some pretty gruesome games this isn't gruesome but this also this is just guys showing up to do a job at this point and i don't think it's i don't think that there's a lot of focused effort right now um yeah i mean i will say i I think Kakanen played admirably considering what the Kings threw at him. I think it could have been uglier. Um, and I appreciate seeing that. Um, it makes me angry that the Sharks couldn't generate more to to back up, you know, Kakanen's effort. You know, I guess he ended up with like a 917, which I would have thought it was lower, but, you know, and I still would have said that I thought <clears throat> like he played decently well like LA is just ugh, it nauseates me to say this as a as a NorCal girly but like they're they're just at they're at the they're at the peak oh my god what am I trying to say they are a very good team yeah and, <laughs> and I think again and I, but <laughs> they've handled their their rebuild on the fly better than the sharks than a rebuild they missed the playoffs for like what, like three years? And then they're just back. I mean, you know, they got a the number two overall a few years ago. Um, but, but they knew when to pivot, right? You know, like they knew yeah. when to, you know, they knew to keep only two of the real big assets being Kopitar and Dowdy and saying, look, you know, you guys are going to have a reduced role if, if, if you're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, the up and coming kids coming kind of putting around them the kids have now started to blossom and they've also mm-hmm. done some really shrewd moves in free agency and in trades so i mean la has really done this 
you know, suck for three years and kind of just pull out of the ashes pretty quickly. And yeah. the shark- has Rob Blake won GM of the year and at all? He he probably should sometime soon. I mean, I I I think that the team right now, as it's composed, the L for for LA. I mean, they have a legit shot at. I, I would say at Western Conference Finals. I I, mm-hmm. I really do believe that. I I think. You know, it's still going to be maybe one year until they get the next critical mass piece to really put them over the edge. But, you know, I think them and and Vegas are classes of the West. Um, and and I think the Kings have really put themselves in, a, in the driver's seat as far as owning the Pacific or trying to co-own the Pacific with, with Vegas for a long time to come because of just how well they've done to uh, rebuild and restock the, the the farm so quickly. Yeah. And I, I, I would like to point out, I saw Anze Kopitar <clears throat> wearing a, a, what's it called? Like a neck, neck guard or something. So I don't want to hear anyone say like, Oh, it doesn't make me play as well. He is, he is on fire, you know? Oh yeah, and and, and this Kofi's... doesn't get in his way. So I'm not going to judge anyone's personal choice, but I'm just going to say I'm shocked that you know there was all this buzz about players being interested in this. But at the end of the day, there's this weird sort of fragile masculinity of like protection physically. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I I didn't even notice it. That's a it. whole other topic. But. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't even notice it tonight. To be to be a hundred percent honest with you, and you know, if it doesn't affect the way in which he plays, you know, I I'm all for more protection. You know, like they they've got a little piece of vulcanized rubber speeding around at their heads and you know mm-hmm. around their necks, and you know, it's going between eighty to a hundred miles an hour, and they've got you know, knives as sharp as Ginsu blades on the bottom of their feet and they're traveling upwards of 30 miles an hour. Like, I'm all for more protection, especially in this sport. And um, I don't think it should be something that's chastised among players. Um, I think if anything, you know, you're protecting yourself for your future and your family's future. And, um you know, I hope more players take heed of that. I think, more, and, and and I hope more players, um, you know, really try to step up their game that way. And so far as protecting themselves, I mean, what if, what if Pabs had been wearing some type of like head protector, you know, and and you know, prevented himself from having to get those staples in his we head? We would have lost Game Seven. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. Oh, game seven. No, but you're right. You're right. Like, it really pains me to, again, whole other enchilada of a topic. But, you know, as a lifelong hockey fan, there is this, like, inner conflict about, like, you know, I, I, I know how much being a professional athlete and, and hockey being, you know, top of the list of these sports that can ruin your body like for the rest of your life, you know, in, in many different ways. So, I mean, I think things are improving. Like, dude, like in the fifties guys were like smoking on the bench between shifts. Like, you know, we've made progress. 
Um, and guys are more like health conscious and that kind of thing. Like, obviously like, you know, helmets are mandated. Like that was not a thing for a while, but anyway, my point is I am really glad to see uh, players like Kopitar, you know, setting that example and showing that, um, you can still be a player at the top of your game with just this extra little thing on your neck and, um, that it's, it's something that everyone should highly consider, I think. Yeah. And, and for, for people asking it's yes, the helmet is there to, to do this, but I'm talking about like within like a, the, the um, like a sleeve that you can put on top of, of your head, like a, like a balaclava um or or like a do rag but it's it's got um uh, reinforced fibers so um you know it can try to repel skate blades or or foreign objects uh you know piercing the the helmet um so uh, yeah i mean i'm I, again i'm all for for player safety um especially where it makes sense um, and, and something like that, I think, makes makes sense as as far as the neck guard goes, um, you know. And and I wouldn't even. I mean, look, I know there'd be a a big uproar about full cages and all that, but I mean, full cages don't bother me. So yeah, me either. I mean, I I, I was a figure skater back in the day, <laughs> but I've never been a hockey player, so um, you know, I I can't say what does or doesn't affect playing ability um but i think neck guards are a start <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. all right Anywho. dana well um i mean that was kind of pretty much the end of the game and again, yeah the sharks would would lose four to one uh kind of a snoozer to be yeah. perfectly frank um again you you looked at Kakanen and a decent game, you know, nine seventeen save percentage. Um, probably didn't have any post its, right? No. <laughs> Actually, they they updated it. I've been. Know. I'm sorry, guys. I've dropped the ball on the post its this year. Um, <laughs> sometimes I just don't have them handy, or I'm just like, what do I write other than other teams scored, other teams scored. Yeah, you know exactly. This player looks frustrated. Sorry, let me update this banner. It's 35 of 38. See what happens when you rely upon NHL stats and they don't always auto-update. So he had a 921 save percentage tonight. And See, like, okay, I get it. Someone in the chat said, like, the second goal was not, not it. I agree. I do agree. But I think overall he put in, you know what I mean, like, comparatively to the rest of the team – the effort was there, which is all I can ask. Right. For. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and again, it's just, you look at the, the amount of offense driven by the Sharks. I mean, they've given them, they've updated it and said they've given them 16 shots, but 16 shots, really? That's all you can muster at home? Oh my God. And I felt like it gave me physical pain to hear the crowd chanting BLA because I get it. I went to a game versus LA last year and it didn't go well, but we were still chanting beat LA because it's like, that's in our blood. Like if we have nothing else, we have the beat LA chant, even if we know they're not going to beat LA on that given night. But again, it just, it gave me physical pain, you know, like I remember when that chant meant something. 
when those teams were both highly competitive. So I I hope there is a time sometime soon when they, I mean, I, I don't want LA to be good, but, but that rivalry is a tale as old as time or a tale as old as 1991. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, but I can't say again, as we, we have, Great things to say about the way the Kings have constructed their team. Um, and, uh, you know, they they did a great job getting under the shark skin. So. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think we'll we'll kind of end it there. Um, so, yeah. Oh, wait, can I show my holiday sweater? Oh, yeah. No, I was just going okay. to about to say. So, I know. Right. I know holiday sweater night is uh, Thursday, but I'm not going to be on that show. And I love my holiday sweaters, so I did want to, like, you know, get up in the garb. So, anyway, here's here's my sweater today. Uh, oh, no, it went blurry. Okay, there you go. good. Yeah, my birthday boy. Woo! <laughs> uh, my husband pointed out, wait, why does Jesus only have one candle? Didn't he live to be, like, 30? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> who knows? But, yeah. Uh, happy holiday sweater night in advance to everybody. I one of my friends is going to the game on Thursday, and it's his first ever Sharks game. So, like, please, Sharks, there's nothing more sacred to us than the holiday sweater. It's our, it's in our blood. Like, please show up, make the effort, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, in case you missed it and you want to catch us again, check us out uh, across all of the podcasting uh, uh, platforms of choice, that being the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Play Store, of course, the YouTube Rewind. Please like, subscribe, and hit the bell so that you can get notified after every Sharks game and you know we go live. Of course, we've got the Pucknologists on Sunday at 7. And welcome, special welcome back to AJ. AJ, thank you so much for getting back in the driver's seat and uh, gracing the uh, the digital airwaves with your presence, we we missed you, and uh, so happy that you've recovered enough to, you know, hop back on board. And and again, we just continue to um, to wish you the best, and you know, continue to monitor your health and wear an Apple Watch if you don't already, because you know those things save lives. And I've got mine on because we've got bad hearts in my family too. So definitely for sure, um, good to see you back and uh, happy to have you back buddy okay so uh <clears throat> getting back to it uh, of course we're on soundcloud we're on spotify tune in iheart the odyssey app and then of course always at tealtownusa.com and uh dana i'd love to uh love to know uh where the people can find you and uh, what your final thoughts are for the evening yeah, um, so you can find me at Dana, M-E-Y-Y, uh, on uh, X or Twitter or whatever it's called these days, um, and also Instagram. Um, and my final thoughts are um, happy, or I, what am I trying to say? Uh, Merry Christmas in advance to those who celebrate. Happy Kwanzaa, retroactively happy Hanukkah. I had a good Hanukkah. It was fun. We made homemade latkes. Um, and happy New Year and whatever other holidays are out there that I'm, uh, I just can't think of off the top of my head. Hope everyone has a good holiday season. Uh, stay healthy. Be nice to people. Uh, yep. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Dana. And uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I, across all the social media garbage. And uh, as far as my final thoughts go, well, you know, I'd love to see the Sharks put some consistent efforts on home ice, just consistent efforts just overall. You know, I think we are getting this this wave of inconsistency where sometimes we'll get a Sharks team that's got a lot of effort. Sometimes we'll get a team in which it's not a lot of focused effort. So again, let's just try to make some some good habits and, and continue to grow and, and make a good environment for the kids to kind of come up and, and show their wares and uh, again, kind of move the needle forward for the team. So anyhow, for all of us at Teal Town USA, keep it real, keep it teal, Keep it real teal. Happy holidays, and we will see you after the next game. And uh, have a great evening, everybody.